You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We're right now working through a series as a church with this question, who is God? And when you ask, if I were to ask you right now, who is God? I think you would be challenged to say it in one sentence, right? You'd be challenged to say it probably in one paragraph. You'd be challenged to kind of to say it in, a, in maybe a, a chapter of a book. You'd be challenged to share in a book because actually God is so great, isn't he? He's so much bigger than we could possibly understand. And as we've been looking in our life groups and looking in Sunday services, there's all different aspects of God. And when we just touch on that aspect, suddenly we open up something that's big, just that aspect. Looking last week at God as our healer, I mean, it's big. We could keep going. There's so much more we could learn and grow about the fact that He is our healer. He's not a God that just heals. He is the healer. He isn't just a shepherd. He is the shepherd. That's who He is. That's part of His name. That's part of His identity. And so this week, we're looking at another aspect of God's name. And uh, I, uh, when we look at this particular one, it's Yahweh Yireh. And uh, in the, uh, probably most people would would have known it as Jehovah Jireh. Um, but actually, Jehovah Jireh is not the correct enunciation. It's Yahweh Yiri is the fact that is the Lord who provides. He's the one who provides. If you want to bring up the next slide, it's, there we go. The Lord who provides. Do you know what? When we look to the Lord, when we look to God, God is not just a God out there that is detached from us. But actually, he's the God who is the giver of all things. And when we look at this passage of Scripture today in uh, Genesis chapter 2, this, this passage of Scripture is probably a problematic one for many of us because of the context. Abraham and Sarah waited to, for the fulfillment of the promise of a child. Remember, Abraham had been promised that he would be the father of, of, uh, of more people, There'd be more ancestors from him than, than sand on the seashore. And yet they were getting older and older and older and older to the point that they were almost a hundred. He was almost a hundred. His wife was almost 90 and still no children. Then the miracle happened. Sarah conceives, gives birth to Isaac. And the promise is fulfilled in this moment. And yet as Isaac grows, there's this interaction God has with, with Abraham that I'm sure Sarah, if, if she was part of the conversation, would have struggled with it. I want you to sacrifice your son. Sacrifice the promise. Well, wait a minute. Hello. This is not part of the plan. Actually, if you told me this at the very beginning, I don't know if I would have wanted to go through the whole process. But nonetheless, in, in um, Abraham's mind, he was willing to go through the process because he thought even... If the son is dead, the Lord will return him back to life. He just believed this is the promise. How could, how could this promise disappear at this moment? So anyways, they, 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 they head out on this journey and, uh, they, they start to go up the mountain, Moriah, and we're going to pick up the story in Genesis chapter 22, 9 to 14. And this is the reason I'm, I'm sharing this story just as the introduction, really is that this is the first time that the name of the Lord in this way is said, okay? This is the introduction to God, our provider. 
So verse 9, it says, When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there, arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its thorns. Horns, not thorns. He uh, went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide, or Yahweh Yireh. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. There's a lot we could kind of go with the story. But the point is, is that God is the provider. In this context, he provided the ram as a sacrifice instead of his son. He, he provided a substitute. That's where he got his name, Yahweh Yiri. He was the God who provided. And if we look at Scripture right from Genesis, right through to Revelation, continually we see that God is a God who provides. He provides everything that we need continually over and over and over and over. And the temptation, I think, when we look at God as our providers, we often just stop with the finance. We look at God as our provider when we're looking at we don't have enough money at the end of the month. And we're going to touch on that this this morning as well. And it includes that, yes, but God is our provider. Him being the provider is more than just financially our provider. Amen? He's more than just a provider financially. In Philippians 4.19, it says, And my God will meet or supply or provide all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I want you to say, all your needs. I want you to say it one more time. All your needs. So all your needs is basically everything, yes? It isn't just financial. He will provide all your needs. Now, we need to be careful when we look at this passage because it doesn't say He will provide all your wants. Yes? Our wants are slightly different than our needs. God knows what we need. Sometimes the things that we want aren't good for us. How many of you know about that? I want motorbikes, and sometimes I know that motorbikes aren't always good for me. Yes? But I have one, um, so I don't know. That's not really a good... That's, maybe that's not a good illustration. There are, I believe, three primary areas that all of us have need in, okay? And this is what we're going to look at this morning. We all have areas of need, and it probably would, for the most part, fall into one of these three categories. The first one, we all have a need spiritually. All of us come into this world with a need spiritually. You and I are not just physical beings. We are spiritual beings as well. There's, there's some, what makes you, you? Is it your body? No, it's more than your body. It's, it's your spirit man on the inside that makes you, you. That's why when someone passes away and you say goodbye to the body, it's a bit of a strange experience because it's no longer them. It's just a shell. I remember when my grandparents passed away and we had that, that moment where you say goodbye and, and I just like, it doesn't even seem like my grandparents. It doesn't seem like them because their spirit wasn't there. 
You and I are made up of more than just a body. In fact, your body is only carrying around your spirit. And our spirit has a need. It's got a great need. Because when we're born into this world, we're born with a defect. A spiritual defect. There's something against us from day one that in many ways is like Isaac on the altar. The story that we read at the very beginning. You see, like the story of Abraham, in many ways it foreshadowed what Christ was going to do for us as being Yahweh Yireh, being our provider. You see, you and I, the, a, the scripture says that the wages of sin are death. And the reality is all of us, not one of us is perfect. Will we agree with that point today? Yes, for all have sinned. We've all, we've all done things that aren't good. We're all sitting in this place that actually we have a death sentence on our lives. And yet because God is our provider, because He is Yahweh Yiri, He's able to step in and provide what we need to save us. Just like He stepped in to provide a ram to save Isaac. Actually, He sent not just a ram in the thicket somewhere to save you. He actually sent His Son. Now there's a great passage of Scripture in 1 John 4, 9-10. to It says this, This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. Why are we living through Him? It's because He died for us. So in His resurrection, we actually live in Him when we put our faith in Him. But then it goes on to say this, This is love, not that we love God, but He loved us and sent His Son as a atoning sacrifice for our sins. Out of God's great love for us, He sent us His Son to take our place. God provided the sacrifice. Why? Because He is our provider. When He looks at you, He sees what you need. And you know what? The Bible says, while we were still enemies of Him, while we were still against Him, He made this provision. Why? Because of His great love for you. When we're talking about God as a good, good Father, do you know what? He's a Father who knows what we need. And our spiritual need, our eternal destinies, our salvation is needed. We need it. And sometimes we don't know what we need. You know, for many of us, we lived a whole chunk of our lives before knowing we needed Jesus. But at the point the recognition comes that you need Jesus, suddenly He becomes everything, doesn't He? At that point, you put your faith in Jesus. It's actually this, this change happens because from, from a point you thought, I don't even need it, to you realize, how did I live without Jesus? How many of you have that experience in your life? How did I live without this? How can I live without Jesus? He is everything our spirit needs. God offers us then this forgiveness and this grace simply by putting our faith in Jesus. In this point of turning our, our, our faith to Jesus, actually, instead of death, we receive life. And actually, God is the giver of life. God is the giver of life. And life more abundantly, that comes from Him. He gives it to us day after day after day. The life that we receive is actually from Him. And so we have spiritual. He provides for us spiritually. And that, can I say, that is, that is probably the primary, the heart of, of everything that we need is, is fundamentally spiritual. The physical is actually secondary because actually our bodies in the physical realm, this will all pass away, but our spirit man lives forever. You and I are eternal beings and, and 
when God says, I will provide, actually the life that he provides is not just a life that's for the next 50 years or 100 years, but actually it's an eternal life. He will continue for eternity to give you life. Isn't that amazing? Why does he do that? Because he is the God who provides. That's who is nature. That's what he is. But he's, he, because he's a good father, he, he actually cares more than just our spiritual being. He actually is also caring about our physical realm as well. We have all have uh, physical needs, don't we? We need food to stay alive. You don't go without food long enough and you won't be alive. We need water. We need clothing. We need shelter, especially in this part of the world. We, there's things that you and I have need of. And for many of us, there's a temptation that life becomes about getting these things and maybe a bit more. We, we, we strive and we, we push and we, we wrestle for the very basics of life. We, that, it's all about kind of just making ends meet. And yet, and yet, there's a lot of our lives that we aren't in control of. You know, you see it happen around the world. There's situations that we're not in control of. Our health is not something that we're necessarily in control of. We're not necessarily in control of what happens in the world economies. We're not in control of what happens uh, in the, the, the weather patterns of this world. There are people that wake up one morning and, you know, even this past week with the storm, you know, there's people that lives were changed in that moment. There's a lady that walked out of, I don't know if you saw the news, walked out of a Starbucks with a coffee, got hit with a table that, or a piece of wood, it was dead. Just bam, didn't, we don't, there's things we're not con, in control of. But this is what we are, we, we are in control of. Can we say this? In, in, in Matthew 6, Jesus has this whole dialogue of all sorts of different things he's, he's teaching on. But one of the things he talks about is this aspect of, of not worrying about tomorrow and not worrying about the things that we, we have. And we read Matthew 6, verses 25 to 27. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And then if we just... Look down a little bit further in 31 to 33. It says this it says, so do not worry or say, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be what? Added or given to you as well. They will be given. Who are they coming from? God. Why? Because He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Yahweh Yiri. He is our provider. Actually, God knows what we need more than what we know that we need. What Jesus was saying in, in, in this context is, is, you look to me, you seek a relationship with me, you pursue, pursue my purposes, which is seeking first the kingdom of God, and God will provide for all your needs. Do you know what? As a church or as Christians, sometimes we get very back to front and, and life becomes worrying about the day-to-day -day stuff. When he says, you know what? Get your mind off today and put your eyes on me and I will look after the day-to-day -day stuff. 
I will take care of, of you. I am your provider. You think, well, it's my responsibility to provide for my needs. Do you know what? God is the provider. He is the one who gives everything that we need. And when we get that back, we get that turned around and we think we are our provider, we're in trouble. You know, continually in, in our lives, especially, can I say, in the last 10 years, it's been especially important to me that I keep this in perspective. I cannot look after my own needs. But continually I look to God. Our job is not our provider. Our employment is not our provider. The government is not our provider. But God is our provider. And He knows what we need. And you know, today you could be here in the situation you think, you know, I am stressed out. I'm worried about tomorrow. I'm, I've got all these concerns about bills and, and I'm, it's, 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 it's taking over. Can I tell you to look up? To seek first His kingdom, seek first the relationship with Him. And you know what God said? I will take care of you. I will take care of you. Why? Because I am Yahweh Yiri. That's who I am. King David even said this in, in Psalms 37, 25. It says, I was, he said, I was young and now I'm old and I have never, I want you to, I'm going to say these words, never, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. What does that mean? When we put our trust in God, He will take care of you. David tested it his entire life. He says, I was young and now I'm old. I've seen over my lifetime every person who chooses to trust in God. God has not forsaken them and their children have had food. What does that mean? It means for you and I, we need to get our eyes off the temporal and put our eyes upon the eternal, seeking first His kingdom, seeking first His, His righteousness, all that He has for us, and let God be our provision. Do you know what? He provides in the most amazing ways, from the most unlikely sources at the most unlikely times. The challenge for us is just to trust Him. That's our challenge, isn't it? That's our challenge to say, you know what? I want to put my faith in you, God. Because you are the provider. He provides because we put our trust in Him. Do you know, can I just say a, a couple stories of our own lives? And I apologize if you heard a couple of these before, but I think it's worth sharing for those who haven't heard them. When we were uh, first called to go to Holland as missionaries, um, we... We, uh, kind of the normal thing when you go on mission is you, you raise support from churches. And, uh, so we were encouraged by people to, by our pastor in Canada, you need to go to different churches. He gave us a, a list of different churches you should go to. And, uh, we, uh, there was a challenge we had in this moment because I sensed God saying, I just want you to trust me. Just go. And I remember my mom, and my mom loves Jesus, but she's also a mom. And she said, Tyler, you've got a wife now. You can't be irresponsible. You need to raise support. And I remember having a very heated discussion with my mom saying, no, I just sensed God saying we just need to trust him on this. And so we, we, at the end of the day, our church, our local church said, no, no, we're going to support you. I say, oh, fantastic, God. Woo, that was a, that was good. Um, we got there three months into it. The church, we got a phone call from the treasurer of the church saying, we're having some challenges and we can't support you anymore. And I was like, oh, that's not good news. Um, but 
Again, we're looking to God as our provider. Now, at this time, I think I was 22, Donna was 21. We were young and foolish in that sense of blind faith. God, you said it, we're going to do it. I shouldn't say blind faith. It was childlike faith. You said it, we're going to do it. And you know what? As the year progressed, every month we had everything that we needed. And uh, it was before the era of internet banking where you could see all the time what, how much money or how little money you have. Um, I was, they were posting us, the bank was posting us our statements uh, a, a month and a half, two months after the fact. And at the end of the year, I thought, you know what, I want to look at all of our bank statements over the year and just see where we're at. And what was to my amazement, as I laid out all of our bank statements on the floor, every month, no matter how much or how little we took out, our end of the month bank balance was always within $20. Some months we took out $400 extra. Some months we took out less. And you know what? Money was showing up in our account from who knows where. To this day, I have no idea where the money came from. Except for Yahweh Yiri. He was our provider. He provided day after day after day. And you know what was an amazing thing about this story? Is that when God called us to go back to Canada, the provision stopped. Now, unfortunately, for a year, we didn't think through that process of God actually speaking. And we, we pushed on because we didn't like that idea of going back to Canada for other reasons. But the point is that when we were in the center of God's will, He provided. While we've been in here, uh, we went back to Canada on a sabbatical break and uh, we took five months, but we had no money, zero money. And uh, it was getting close to the time of our returning to England and we did not have the money for our plane tickets. We had booked our plane tickets with a travel agent, but we did not have the money for the plane tickets. And we went to a church in Medicine Hat, which Tom has been to. We went last summer uh, with the team. And uh, it was a, we went to a youth service. And the, the, the pastor, youth pastor said, you know what? We just feel to give you a check um, from our youth account. In fact, we're draining. We're giving you every penny we've got. What was amazing about that check, it was the exact amount we needed for our plane tickets to come back. Come on. Why? Because God is our provider. You know, we could get stressed out and worried about the future, but you know what? When God says, I'll provide, He will provide. When He says, don't worry, we don't need to worry. Why? Because He's got everything in control. He knows exactly what's going on. It's His nature to take care of us. He's His nature to look after us. I want to just touch briefly on the last one as well. So we have our spiritual need. We have our physical need. But all of us have emotional needs as well. And in Matthew... Uh, 11.28, Jesus said this, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He isn't talking about people who are physically tired. He's talking about people who are emotionally drained. Weary, burdened. There's something heavy in our lives. Jesus said, I will give you rest. Jesus is the provider of rest for our souls and emotions. Do you know all of us can carry baggage and cares of this world? But do you know what? Jesus is the burden carer. Is that a word, carer? He is the person. He is the one who can take that baggage that we have in our lives. You know, a lot of mental health issues stem from this fact that we have cares and burdens and, and all sorts of things going on inside of us that only Jesus can carry. And he says, you know what? If you just put your trust in me, if you come to me, I will give you rest for your soul. How? 
by putting your faith in me, trusting him. It's a great exchange. I take all my, my burdens and my cares, my weariness, all of that heaviness of my life. And I say, God, here it is. I need your rest. And you know, the rest that God gives is not the rest of like going on a holiday. It's a peace of mind. It's a rest for our souls. And guys, can I tell you what? All of us need that. We need seasons. We need rest in our lives. Even as of late in my own life, I, I'm at this place of God. I need to come to you and find that rest that you offer. So easy. We start to pick up the things of life. We start to carry around this baggage in our spirits, in our, in our emotions, and it drains us. And Jesus looking at that, looking at the people, looking at you and looking at me and said, you know what? Come to me and I will give you rest. I am the only one who can take the emotional baggage that you've got. No other person, no other counselor can do it but me. I can give you the rest that you long for. You know, when we're wearied down or burdened down with all sorts of stuff, do you know what? We long for that place of rest. And you know what? You can go on all the holidays in the world. But until you have rest for your souls, until you have rest in that emotional state, do you know what? You won't find true rest. And only Jesus offers that, that um, unlimited guarantee. If you come to me, I will give you rest. Linked with rest is also peace. They're, inter, they're interconnected. In John 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The very opposite is a, a peace's anxiousness. And we're called, we're called in, in Philippians to cast our cares, cast our anxieties to Jesus, and in return we receive peace that guards our hearts and minds. You see, the peace that God offers as our provider of peace is not as the world's peace. The peace that the world provides is dependent upon circumstance. If all of these things come in place, there will be peace. The peace that God offers does not depend upon circumstantial change. The peace, that's why it surpasses all understanding. And it guards our hearts and our minds. Why? Because there's a restfulness. Do you know, you and I were not created for anxiety. We're not created for that stuff. It's like poison to the system. Any of the people in the medical world, if you live with anxiety day after day after day and fear and worry, do you know what? There's all sorts of physical things that start to show up in our lives. We weren't created for it. It's a poison from the enemy. We were created for peace and rest. That's the zone that we were created for. And Jesus said, you know what? You, I give you peace. You come to me, I give you peace. That's what I'll give you. Why? Because I'm your provider of peace. We cannot find peace in any other circumstance or other, other situation. God alone is our peace. God is our provider. Whatever our need is this morning, whether spiritual, whether physical or emotional, the response needed to access all of this is simple faith. It's just simply coming to Jesus. In Jesus, we have everything we need because he's the provider of all things. And so we come to him. We just simply come to him and we fix our eyes upon him. And so whether it's physical, whether it's we need salvation, whether it's we needing rest for our souls, you know, we just come to him and he provides. Isn't this amazing? This is the God that we serve. 
You know, you and I were not created to try to do it on our own. God never put us on this planet for us. It's kind of for us to sort it out. He created us to be dependent upon Him. We don't need to have all the answers in this world. We simply need to know Him. I don't expect my children to have to pay all the bills of the family and sort out different issues that we're going through. I'm the father. I don't expect my son to be concerned about the things I'm concerned about. I just want him to enjoy life. And any parents in this room can attest to that. You, you don't expect your children to carry the burden, do you? You just want them to be. And you know, our father, our good father looks at you and there, he's not looking at you to have all the answers. He's just looking at you to trust him that it'll be okay. He's the good father that reaches out and says, you know what? It's okay. I'll provide that. You need food? I'll, I'll give it to you. I won't let you go hungry. We simply choose to put our faith in him. And it's like the access point to all that he provides is simple faith. Simply coming to him. Hugh said it last week. Just the fact of us being here, just the fact of us saying, okay, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose to, to look to you at this moment. You know what? That is the mustard seed faith that we need. That's it. It's the measure of faith that we need for God to start to move. This morning, I think, I believe God wants to move in your situation, your life. And we want to give room for that. We're gonna look to God. We're gonna bring things to God this morning because He alone is our provider. He is our healer, as we looked at last week. He is our, our, the one who leads us, as we looked in the shepherd. But God is also our provider of all things. And so I want you to stand with me. I'm going to tell if you can maybe just play quietly on the guitar. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news, or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.